You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. Big Newt got a question for you and I, I i think i know the answer to this you a fan of 1990s r&b i am okay because there's a song i cannot get out of my head right now it's been going on all day long ever ever since the conclusion of the bills chiefs game in the afc championship End of the road. Boys to Men. Is that Boys to Men, right? Boys to Men, yeah. End of the road by Boys to Men has been just echoing in my head because I can't go on. I bet you know that song. Hey, sing it for us. I'm not in the singing mood right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not in the singing mood. No, uh. Although we come to the end of the road. Sing it, buddy. I got my lighter going. Let go. It's a natural. You belong to me. I belong to you. Yes. Yes. (laughs) See, you know the big man can sing, man. I know. Yes. Oh, move over, Ruben Stuttered. You are the biggest <laughs> sexy there is. Oh, man. So, you know, I have been actually, for the first time since my childhood, really upset for the season to end. And the reason is I had so much fun this football season. This was such a great, unexpected treat for us. Who saw the Bills being this entertaining? Josh Allen becoming a top five quarterback in the NFL, going to the AFC championship game. Even the biggest homer couldn't have expected so many good things to come out of this season. Yeah, man. I mean, and and, and during the off season, we're gonna dove off into it, and and probably in two weeks from now, when we get back on here, maybe we could do a year in review. Um, but yeah, man, it was a great season. Thirteen and three, AFC champs made it to the AFC championship, and we ran up against a buzzsaw, man. And hats off to Kansas City. Um, they 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 are what we thought they were, man, and they're they're truly champs and. Uh, I got on all social media outlets because, once again, I attended Missouri Western State College, which was about maybe not even 45 minutes from Arrowhead Stadium. So a lot of my friends, frat brothers, people I went to school with um, are from Kansas City and are all Chiefs fans. So I spent last night. I didn't go to bed till about 4 a.m. You know, I had Tito's last night, and I just couldn't sleep. And and I talked to all of them, and I shook their hand, man, and, and they respect us. You know what I'm saying? So that felt good, dude, you know, just being online with them and uh, going back and forth, and and it felt good, man, just to get the respect. And, and, and if you would have told us this in the summertime, we was doing a preview, we'd have this, we would have took it every time, man. So Bill's Mafia, don't be mad. Um, enjoy it. Um, it was a great season. Um and yeah, just, just, just. I know some people are like I listened to all the post, uh, the post game stuff last night with Chopin the Bulldog and uh, Nate Geary. I listened to all that last night, and you had guys, you know, excited, hype. You know, that you had some guys crying, and I felt that man. I felt sure. the whole gamut of emotions, man. 
And I feel that, you know. And so now we got to look towards the future uh, after that loss. But I tell you, man, don't don't sneeze on Kansas City. That was a very good team we played yesterday. Yeah, I I think that there was a lot that the Bills could have done better in that game. They did not play – well, they, they haven't played any games in the playoffs as well as they closed out the season. And there's probably a lot of reasons for that. But even if the Bills played their best game, I think we can agree that Kansas City deserved that game because they're the better team. Would you agree? I agree. I just think we could have made more of a go at it. And, yeah. and, and I feel like, you know, I actually I went back and I watched the uh, the game again, man. And because, you know, I had to listen to everybody talk about the game. You had some people, you had 10 percent of the people who said our coaches stink. Why are we kicking field goals? Some people said the old line sucks. We need to retool the whole thing. Some people said Josh Allen stuck. And it's like everybody's been calling me today, asking me what I thought about the game. And I'm like, it, it was actually a little bit of both. I sure. mean, not, not both, but it was like a little bit of everything. You know what I'm saying? It's like all the above. Remember when you take the ACTs and you got all the above, none of the above? That's what it was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, but still, with that happening, we we did, we did said last week in our pregame, what were the keys to winning the game? We'd have to come play, play like it, it didn't have to be our best, but play like we've been playing, you know, since the Arizona loss. I mean, give me that. You know what I'm saying? And so that's 30-some points. The defense step up, and neither of those things happen. We were we were a great red zone offense against a defense that's worse than Baltimore, Indianapolis, and uh, Miami, who we dismantled. We dismantled all their uh, defenses. And, I mean, we weren't able to – we came away with field goals. So and we were texting each other during the game, and I'm like, yeah, field goals is not going to cut it against Mahomes. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we only lost by two touchdowns. I mean, you got to think. you It came down to the onside kick with three minutes to go. Let's say we get that and score. Now we make it a game of it. So even with us playing like that and Kansas City playing out their mind because their defense played out their mind, I mean, we only lost by two touchdowns. Right. Lost by two touchdowns. Now, granted, one of them was kind of a garbage time touchdown. Um, so the – I don't think the game was quite as close as the score. Um, there were a variety of things that went wrong in that game. Um, you know, I think what we ended up seeing was our first real regression in Josh Allen this year. He looked an awful lot like Houston Texans Josh Allen. It sort of seemed like the the lights were too bright for him, like the, the stage was too big. Um, you had Sean McDermott kind of go backwards when it came to his thinking on fourth downs. When it comes to fourth downs, the Bills went for it on on fourth down 10 times this season, and they converted eight of those 10 times. 80% going for it on fourth down, and twice they did it inside of the Kansas City 10-yard line. And you have to wonder why they did that. Was that Sean McDermott? Was he going conservative, playing not to lose? Or was he looking at his quarterback and saying, this guy does not have it today. And if we don't get out of here with some points, this is going to get out of hand really quick because I don't have faith in my offense right now. I think that's exactly what it was. And Let's start with your first point. We did see the sugar hot Josh Allen last night. Um, he threw for almost 300 yards, ran for almost another 100, and uh, had two touchdowns, which is decent, okay? But, dude, you can't take two 20-yard sacks. No. You know what I'm saying? We, you can't do that. I mean, that can't happen. And so, to your point, McDermott – all right, let's look at the first um, field goal right before halftime, which made it 21-12, all right? The ball was on the eight-yard line. It was second and goal. And then that's when Josh Allen did that weird scramble. And then he was almost out of downs, but he got rid of it at the end. I mean, mm-hmm. that was weird. You know, like, once again, that's sugar high Josh Allen. You know, either you got to tuck it or run it, or you got to throw it away. Like, that was just a nasty play. And then third and goal from the eight-yard line, we threw the uh, little short pass. I think it was the uh, 
Dawson Knox and gained like two yep. yards. Okay, so now we're on like the five or six yard line, fourth and goal. I don't think it was anything in him that thought that we was going to score a touchdown there. You know what I'm saying? And so mm-hmm. when everybody says, oh, we need the points, I get it. Hindsight 2020, you know what I'm saying? But it, just imagine, just because you go for it on fourth down, that don't mean you're going to get it on fourth down. So imagine- Right, and if they didn't get it, and, and I heard Tony Romo say this, it would have been absolutely devastating. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So instead of going to have a 21-12, it would have been 21-9. And everybody would have been like, what are you doing? Get the point. So I think that's one of the things is hindsight 2020. And like you said, I think that's telling a uh, telling sign of Josh Allen, uh, what McDermott probably felt at that time and Brian Dable felt at that time. Let's take the points and not get uh, steamrolled. Right. And, you know, you can always live to fight another day against most teams, but not Kansas City. You, you've got to have your A game if, if you're going to beat them. And look at their record. They were 15-1 and one through the regular season. They showed up and teams were bringing their A game and still losing to the Chiefs because they're that good. I mean, we're looking at a developing dynasty right here. I, I don't think there's any, any way around that. Um, but, you know, the, the Bills had some other things not working for them in that game as well. For example, the defense. When they played a zone, Kelsey was killing them. When they played man-to-man, uh, Tariq Hill destroyed them. There was no pass rush. Um, you, you could tell that they and, – and, I mean, this starts really all the way at the top uh, with, with Brandon Bean assembling a roster. They've got a lot of really nice players. What they don't have is the player that offensive coordinators need to need to scheme around. And they don't have that one athlete out there that that can turn the game around by themselves. And, you know, there's a lot of teams that don't have that. And I'm sure they thought they were getting that with Tremaine Edmonds and with uh with Ed Oliver. They these were highly sought after picks when, when they were coming out and, you know, they, they didn't have what it takes to really stop a chief's offense. That's an absolute juggernaut. Like really, have you ever seen quick twitch movement like Tyreek Hill before? I mean, the bills just don't have anybody who can keep up with, with an athlete like that. Have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy? Are you a Marvel's guy? I think I asked you this before. I, I'm not a Marvel guy, no. Okay, I'm about to make a reference. If you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, it was a part where Thor was on there. I think it was the second one. Or maybe it was Endgame when they found Thor and uh, Chris Pratt played Star-Lord. And so <laughs> they was like, you are a dude. Thor is a man. And that's how I felt yesterday. Like they have, we got some dudes and, they, and they're pretty good. But they yeah. got two dudes that are men. All right, so when you look at what Kelsey and Tyreek Hill did to us just individually, man, Tyreek Hill, nine catches, 172 yards. All right, he broke a he broke a 70-yarder, I believe, okay? Then you yep. got Kelsey, 13 catches, 118 yards. We couldn't stop him in man or zone, all right? And then uh, I think Hartman, had he had a 50-yard run. So they had mm-hmm. big plays, dude. They those are men right there, and and that's and then once again that's part of the difference. You know what I'm saying? You you get in a game like this, you need guys that make big plays, and we were just spudding along. And 24 points, and what we did, what Josh Allen did, will be a lot of people in this league. It just can't be Kansas City, right? That that's a great point. And the only way you're going to beat Kansas City is to outscore them because you're not going to stop that offense. They're going to score 30 points with their eyes closed. They're that good. And you're definitely not going to defeat Kansas City when your best weapons, which are the Buffalo Bills wide receivers, are injured. I mean, their entire wide receiver room is not playing 100%. And it's not an excuse because late in the season, everybody's injured. I, I think you can attest to that, right? Yes, yes. And they yeah. lost two guys. Uh, the tackle, he tore his Achilles yesterday. 
And then they lost the safety also who was battling injuries. So they had injuries too. They did. Um, but it goes to show you that, you know, if the Bills aren't clicking on all cylinders with their passing game, they don't have a run game to fall back on. And also, I don't know if you noticed it, but uh, Devin Singletary got benched in the first half after dropping that pass. Uh, TJ mm. Yeldon played the rest of the half, which is interesting because he had only had three carries all season up to that point. Um, but, you know, you need to have an offense that is balanced enough that if one thing isn't working, you can do something else. And that's something that I'm sure they're going to work out over the offseason, whether it be uh, bringing in guys that can block for the running game or better running backs. Uh, maybe they're going to scheme it up differently. But, you know, there were there were reasons the Bills lost the game in Kansas City. And, you know, that's sort of what we're highlighting here. Yeah, you talk about the injuries to our wide receiver room, man. I tell you, you hear about Cole Cole Beasley. It came out today that he has a broken fibula. So he was out there basically playing on a broken leg. Can you believe that? I mean, the kid got heart, man. And so and he came and got a couple clutch uh, catches. And then I remember texting. You, you asked me. You was like, well, what happened to Kenny Steele's? Well, he was activated on Friday, and then they deactivated him on game day because they I don't think they thought that Gabriel Davis was going to get to play. All right? So he was a late call up because Kenny Stills had got the uh, activation, and they deactivated him. And then John Brown got hurt after the first catch in the first half. He got uplifted, and he wasn't right. So once again, you go back to reasons why we lost. We couldn't get separation. And if you look at the wide copy of the tape, Josh Allen, it all works together. We talked about this before. The O-line might not look good, but he had time to throw when uh, Chris Jones wasn't just running through uh, Feliciano and Buttinger, okay? But uh, other times he had time to throw, but he didn't have anywhere to go with the ball. And so when you can tell the one, think about uh, the interception he threw. It came off of uh, Brown's – that was Brown, right? I think it was Brown. It came off his hands. Everybody say he alligator armed it, but he, that was tight coverage, dude. It was no separation there. But Josh Allen felt like, okay, I gotta make a play now, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. it bounced off his hands and it got intercepted. But they were getting no separation. But you wonder why he wasn't getting no separation. They were all hurt. So maybe right. you question, maybe Kenny Stills would have been a, uh, a better option, just him healthy. But the coach went, hey, I'm gonna go with the three guys that got me here, even if they're hurt playing on broke legs and torn ligaments. And and I understand it because, you know, Gabriel Davis playing on a a sprained ankle, uh, I'm sure they were hoping that he would give them something and he didn't at all. Uh, But at the same time, I understand why maybe you don't want to throw in a guy who's only been on the team for two or three weeks. You know, he, while he may be healthy, does he know the offense well enough? You know, maybe they could have done some, maybe they could have used him in the Isaiah McKenzie role of, you know, the the gadget player out there. I, I, I don't know. I, it always, to, in my mind, came down to either Gabriel Davis or Kenny Stills. And when Davis was ready to go, I mean, that, or they thought he was ready to go, <laughs> that was that. Right. Um, but I, I think it goes to show you that the Bills are, they're, they're a team that is still developing. Uh, you've got a you've got a quarterback that needs to get things right in his head. You need more playmakers on offense. You need more athletes on defense. Uh, guys who can who can make some plays against you know the the best offensive players on the other team. And um, you know schematically, the the coaches need to make good decisions too. Um, but, you know, that's not to say that this isn't an excellent Bills team. They're close, man. They made it to the AFC Championship game. This was the best season they have had in 27 years. And it's a blessing, man. And I just was thinking back and reflecting. And once again, I was a half gallon into my Tito's. So, you know, I was feeling all emotional. And, <laughs> you know, I'm just looking at my kids and, and I'm like, okay. You know, Simone's 12, Jalen's 10, about to be 11, right? And so, uh, I'm just, well, I'm sorry, Simone's 13, and uh, Jalen's about to be 11 next month. And that, and so now it's like we've been to the playoffs 
three of the last four years. So quarter of their lives. They've seen playoffs. And yeah. and, and you got to think, man, okay, Jalen ain't going to really remember what we were when he was four or five years old. So, you know, you got to think in his short life, he's thinking, oh, yeah, we've been winning. You see what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And so now that makes me feel good. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like when I talk about, oh, when they were talking about, oh, we ain't been here in 25 years. We ain't did this way. Like that in his mind, that ain't how he's processing it. He's thinking the last four years we've been in the playoffs. You see what I'm saying? Remember mm-hmm. I brought him to McFadden's for the playoffs. That was his first time to McFadden's, the playoff game. Remember with Tyrod against uh, Jacksonville? I brought yeah. him with Simone there, and they was drinking out of the beer. They was drinking out the beer mug, but it was soda. Y'all was like, man, y'all give it. Tutu was like, are you giving him beer? And I'm like, no, nah, dude, that's soda, man. What are you talking about? I, I ain't that crazy to give my kid beer in public. Maybe at home, but not in public. No. <laughs> <laughs> that game was unwatchable. Oh, oh my, my God. God. You know what I'm saying? That was their first time going to McFadden's then. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, so that made me feel good that they know winning and they, they're they going to know us as winning. So they, I feel like they'll stick with it. You know what I'm saying? But to be honest with you, man, I, I looked at that game and I was like, man, this really felt like Notre Dame versus Bama. And I go back to what I said before. Like, Notre Dame, we could go undefeated. We could beat everybody on our schedule. But then we run up against the Clemsons and we run up against the Bamas. We got to play perfect. And unfortunately, when we get to the playoffs, we have it. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. we, my thinking is, and this is answering your question, what you said, like, we need to do. My thing is, we, we got to get better. We I don't know who our run game coordinator is, or maybe we don't even have a run game, but we got to figure out how to run the ball better. We mm-hmm. need to figure that out this offseason. If we got to get a better run game coordinator, I'm not saying change the offensive coordinator because I'm quite happy that Brian Dable already committed yeah. to us coming back. So that, that's a check off the list for the offseason. That makes me feel good because now it's continuity at the quarterback position in our offense instead of having to bring somebody else in. And if you don't believe me, ask the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. That's why he, this was the first year he had the same offensive coordinator and he led them to the playoffs. You see what I'm saying? So I think naturally we would have had to take a step back if we were trying to integrate a new offense. So we got Brian Dable guy. We might lose Leslie Frazier, but that doesn't bother me. If he goes to Houston, Godspeed, God bless you. We have a head coach that's a defensive-minded coach. So I don't think that's going to be as big of a loss. Agree. You know what I'm saying? So we got to figure out what we got to do to run the football better. If that's getting more linemen, I don't think Mitch Morris is probably going to come back with his price tag and with the salary cap, especially if you're talking about giving Josh Allen uh, an extension. And I don't. And we're going to talk about this in the offseason. That worries me too, and we talked about that. We'll get more into that too. But we got to figure out what we're going to do with the line, Okay. Run the football better. Do we need to get a more dynamic running back? Um, all right, I love what Zach Moss bring, but Devin Singletary, man, you can't be little and not that fast. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? If that's the case, then just get a battering ram in there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I need you to get to the second level and break something. I don't think he's that guy. So maybe no. we need to look upgrade that. Tight end position. Dawson Knox is young, but we need somebody dynamic there. So mm-hmm. with the number 30th pick, can we get somebody dynamic there? And we need an edge rusher, man. We got to get somebody yeah. who – and maybe Epinesa, he's still young. Uh, Trip Murphy, I know, is probably not going to come back, so that'll be his spot, but he's still young. Maybe he'll develop into something. And you talked about it last week. We let Shaq Lawson walk, and we bring in uh, Addison, and he's not what Shaq Lawson was. Mario Addison. That guy drives me nuts on the uh, RPOs and the RROs. The guy just doesn't set the edge. Yeah. You know, so we got to figure out that defensive end position and get be able to pressure because that's what happened with us yesterday. The only time we got pressure on Mahomes is when we br- brought people and he tore us up when we did that. We got to be able to pressure with four people. And these are all the things that we talk. And that's the funny thing. See, when you go enjoy the Jamie D and Big Newt show, you got to take the bad stuff with us. So when we bring these things up after wins, but nobody wants to hear it, you know what I'm saying? No, no, you just nitpicking. Well, it reared its ugly head yesterday. All right? 
And so you got to have a guy, you got to be able to pressure a guy like Mahomes with four people and still be able to get back and cover. Right. I think um, linebacker position, I think uh, Edmonds is going to be better next year when Starr comes back. Um, I don't think that, and we talked about this during the year, I don't think he's ever had this many paws on him, all right? And I think that's the reason why he took a step back because he didn't have a big guy in front of him, you know, to keep the big guys off of him, you know? Right. Um, so I would think that those would be the most important thing. So my thinking is how can we beat Kansas City, all right? And once again, I reference Notre Dame. How can we beat the Clemsons and the Alabamas? I know we could beat. I know we could beat the, the most of the scrub teams we play. We could beat the USC's. We could beat the Michigans. We could beat all the scrubs we play in the regular season. How can we get to the playoffs and beat Bama and beat Clemson? So that's going to be our thinking in the offseason. How can we beat Kansas City? We got to be able to have somebody who's dynamic that can match up with Kelsey. We got to be able to contain uh, Tyreek Hill. We got to be able to pressure Mahomes. That's that should be our thinking. We putting this team together. Going back to what you were saying before, I 100% agree that Mitch Morris is not going to be back. He's ten million dollars per season, and he's not really a run blocker. I, I think you're going to see Feliciano get re-signed and put into that center position, and they're going to find themselves another guard out there. Um, because, you know, next year we're looking at a reduced cap. It's going to make things tight for everybody, except for Jacksonville, who's going to have a ton of, ton of space under the cap. But when you step back from the game that we just saw, and you know, the, the last loss of the season always hurts way more than a regular season loss. It's the one that sent you home. It's the one you think about during the entire off season. But let's talk about the season as a whole, shall we? This, I think, is something that Bills fans need to be, really need to be excited about. And if you were to describe this to somebody, maybe even in a a singular word, how would you describe your feelings about the 2020 season? I'm ecstatic. Um, once again, I got one T-shirt that says division title, without which I wore when we came and watched the game at the bullpen. I'll be ordering another one uh, that say AFC champs. Maybe I'll order the one that says Kansas City versus Buffalo in the AFC championship game. Um, I, I love it. Like I said, I, I can't be snooty yet with them. See, I'm snooty with Notre Dame because we the last 10 years, we then went to the playoffs and went to the championship four times. And we come up short. So we would have to get to this spot like four times before I'd be like, all right, man, what are we doing? We haven't <laughs> been here. And, and if you look at how we've been on a rise, we started with the playoffs, okay, the first year. We got bounced in the first round to a good Houston team last year, and now we're in the AFC championship. You see what I'm saying? So I'm cool with the progression. I could trust the process and all that, but I'm excited about going to the offseason, but I'm really going to be nitpicking and with a fine-tooth comb, what are we doing to get better? What are we doing to beat Kansas City? Okay, what are we doing? Because I, I I believe that Josh Allen, the leap that he made from last year to this year, I, I think he can continue to get better. But let's get him some more weapons. Let's get more dynamic. Let's get more speed out there. Let's hire a great defense. If we lose Leslie Frazier, let's hire another defensive coordinator that's just as good. You know what I'm saying? Like, just keep – I want to see us keep getting better. That's all. That, mm-hmm. I mean, as long as I feel like that, then I, I'm cool. But at the same time, too, and once again, I know a lot of people don't want to hear this. Just because we made it to the AFC Championship this year, that don't mean diddly squat for next year. And, no, and I'm nothing a, I'm a, at all. And I'm a true believer now. I know people are going to hit me up on Twitter. Oh, you being negative or not? No, I'm not being negative, Nancy. I'm being realistic, Reggie. Ask Tennessee. Okay? Ask the New Orleans Saints. Ask Atlanta, who went to the Super Bowl and should have won, had they been back since. Okay, these are one-year renewables, man. This ain't this ain't like you look at scholarships. You get athletic scholarships. They tell you these are one-year renewables. So if you come here and you don't work out, then they can get rid of you the next year. This ain't a four-year scholarship. It's a one-year renewable. That's how I look at us as the Buffalo Bills, as an NFL organization. I have faith in our organization, so that's a feather in the cap. But there's no way I'm thinking, oh, we're just going to be right back here playing Kansas City next year. No, because a lot of things can happen. You see what I'm saying? What if, I mean, knock on wood, 
knocking mm-hmm. on Jalen's desk. Knock on wood. What if Josh Allen gets hurt? He's been fairly healthy. What if he mm-hmm. gets hurt and missed five games? Are we built to be able to sustain that? You see what I'm saying? Ask Tennessee. Tennessee made it to the AFC Championship last year. They got bounced in the first round. You got to right. be everybody's going. They talk. It's word out on the street rumors that uh that uh the uh, the quarterback in Houston, uh Deshaun Watson, wants to go to the Jets. That's his first pick. So what if he gets in our division? Or he yeah, go what, to Miami? What if Deshaun Watson ends up on the Jets and Matthew Stafford ends up on the Patriots? Yeah. Now suddenly yeah. you've got a ridiculous division and you're not going to waltz through it like you did this past season. Right. Everybody's going to get better. So do I think we can? Yes. Don't so let me be like, oh, new, you tripping. No. Do I think we're going to get better? Yes. But we just can't take it for granted that we're going to just be here the next 10 years. You can't say that. You got to just keep getting better. And that's what athletics is all about. You come in as a freshman, you play, next year you get better, next year then your senior year you're All-American and whatnot. You got to keep getting better because the people around you are getting better. And I guarantee you our division will get better. So not to ramble on about that, but no, I don't take it for granted. I'm going to be like, what are we going to – like I told you uh, in the beginning, I'm going to be watching the offseason. I'm going to be watching NFL Network, the Senior Bowl this week. I'm going to be turning to that. The combine is going to be – it ain't going to be a combine because of COVID. So I'm going to be seeing the moves we make and what the cap number is going to be and how we're going to do manipulate that because if we pay Josh Allen and we give him 40 some million dollars, now you got to hit on your draft picks now. You can't miss on draft picks. So whoever we draft in the first four rounds, they got to be that. Come in and help us. It can't be Ed Oliver, first-round pick, who ain't really looking like a first-round pick. It can't be Epinesa, high second-round pick, who ain't We got to have guys come in that's going to fill these spots and be impact players. Amen. Amen. I told you I was excited, man. I'm sorry. You did say you were excited. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I, I enjoyed hearing it, uh, quite frankly. Uh, I don't know if you saw Nick Wright uh, for First Things First. That guy. Yeah, yeah. So last week, he had to do the pinto run, the mustard with the ketchup with the hot dogs. And so he went on a whole soliloquy because he lost the bet. He thought we were going to lose in the first round to Indianapolis. So he had to pay the bet off, right? So mm-hmm. after he did it, he said in his little soliloquy that he talked about Bill's Mafia. And he said how hard it was because he had to find a Josh Allen jersey. So he didn't find one, so he had to make one. And he said, he I think he lives in New York City. He said he lives four hours away from Buffalo. And he said Bill's Mafia doesn't even stretch through the tri-state area. So he called us. We're not Bill's Mafia. He said, we're not even a crime syndicate. He said, we're a corner gang instead of a mafia. <laughs> and I was like, are you, don't get me wrong. That was funny, dude. But I was like, yeah. are you kidding me, dude? I was like, I hope I ever see this dude. I'm just going to grab him and pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> we're pick a mafia. We are mafia. I'm going to pick his little scrawny butt up and throw him through a table myself. You can do it too. <laughs> Number of times you've military pressed me. I'm a grown ass man, and you throw me up above your head. Yeah, man. So I thought that was interesting, man. But uh, yeah, um, I didn't like what transpired at the end of the game. Okay. It got chippy, and I understand that, but that seemed entirely unnecessary for them to lose their composure the way they did. It just, it's a bad look. It's unprofessional. It it looks like you're, it, it just, it looks like Bush League, doesn't it? Yeah, I get it. The linemen are coming to the rescue of their QB, but they little did they know that Josh Allen threw the ball at the linebacker's head, and that's what kind of started it. And, 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 Josh Allen admitted it in a post game. He said he felt like his emotions got the best. And I get it, man. I'm not, I'm not ridiculing him anyway. Hey, it's an emotional thing, but it's just a bad look. And they realized it and they apologized, but I just didn't want to see it. But on the other side, too, Chris Jones threw a punch that he should have been ejected for. So I think it was chippy yeah. the whole time, and they and I just think it boiled over at the end of the game, which I totally understand. 
Oh. But even the defense was getting in on it. And, you know, the Bills defensive linemen, I, I don't know what their problem was. And then Stefan Diggs basically got picked up and carried away after the interception because he was losing his mind. They they got to do better than that. You know, Sean McDermott typically has better control of his team than that. And they just lost it. And they have to do better. Yeah. And once again, I'm not going to ridicule them. This is a one-off. This is an outlier. It's just, once again, when we losing – the season coming in, I just I didn't want to see that, but it's all good. You know, we'll learn from it and get better from it. Um, but what I did also like was Stefan Diggs, and and it's funny because Chantella was at the game and she did a Facebook Live at the end of the game, and she I don't know if you saw it, but she was like, Stefan Diggs is out here by herself while the confetti is falling, and then the Kansas City was getting their trophy. And then mm-hmm. ESPN had picked that up like 30 minutes later. And so my daughter was like, before she went to bed, she's like, Dad, did you see this? And I'm like, man, I saw that 30 minutes ago. Chantella showed it. So it was trending on Twitter and all that. And and then you see, and I think I posted it on Twitter, that uh, Josh Allen and Diggs was hugging, and you could tell Diggs it really affected them. And it's like, man, I remember when we got this dude, they talk about how bad of a guy he was. He was selfish. He's not a team guy. And you could see that that dude cared. And I, and I frankly, and I'm about to curse, and you know I never – I love that shit, man. I love it. Like that made me feel good because because as fans, you always think, man, I would play in the NFL for free. Like if I was good enough right now mm-hmm. today as a 47-year-old man, 40 pounds man, if I could just come in on goal line and give you something on goal line, I'd do it for free. Because that's how much I love the Buffalo Bills. Not the NFL. I like the NFL. Football's fun, but I love the Buffalo Bills. And so my dream as a middle-aged old man to know he can't do it. Okay, if I can go out there and give you a play or give you something, I would do it for free. And so when you see guys, because I've been around a lot of players, man, they don't care. A lot of people just play the sport because they can make a lot of money and you can't make this kind of money doing anything else. Right. Right. But to see that this guy cared and stayed out there, he had the class and he had the dignity like, hey, I can shake your hand. You beat me. Hey, we're going to be back here next year. That makes me feel damn good, dude. So what do you think was going through his mind? I mean, he pretty much stayed there the entire time. Why do you think that is? You know, get inside of the head of Stefan Diggs for a moment. He could have watched it on TV. No, I think he wanted to feel it. And he don't. So that's going to motivate you to work out harder. So when you tire or you want to people going on vacation, that's going to make you go on the beach and run that extra sprint. That's motivation. And you could tell like he's that type of guy. I, so I think it was half respect and half that motivation. Like, I'm going to sit here and I want this feeling in my gut that sucks. I want it to last because now it's going to fuel you through your off-season workouts and you, you know, getting it in and trying to get better. That is one of the cool things about hockey is, you know, at the end of the Stanley Cup Finals, the losing team stays out on the ice. They shake hands with, they line up, they shake hands just like in youth sports. And then they cheer for the winning team. They stand on their side of the ice and they clap for the team that won. It's, it's a cool sight. Mm-hmm. And that's respect too, man. You respect your opponent. I mean, I get it that you hate, like all these years we hated New England. All right. You, we mm-hmm. might start hating KC, you know, Maybe this become a rivalry. I get it, but it has to be respect. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, but that I, Arab, some people will feel that. Everybody might not feel that. I mean, you could always, you could want to kill somebody, but you have respect for them. You know what I'm saying? And, and they talk about that in the old time movies like Gladiator and stuff like that. You could want to kill them, but you have respect for your opponent. You know, and so, and I see that in MMA. You know, your boy Conor McGregor got choked out or knocked out on Saturday night. But he shook the dude's hand. He was like, hey, we're going to do this again. And he showed him his respect. I love that. Because if you don't have honor and respect, then why are you competing? Just go off and mm-hmm. do your own thing. That's that's how I look at life, though. I, I get everybody don't look at it like that. I, just backing up a step, I was not a fan of the Bills' defense seemingly trying to get into fights with the dudes on the KC offense. And I and I know that the guys on the KC offense started getting a little cocky at the end of the game. 
and what have you. But I got to be honest, if I think that somebody is knocking my quarterback, I feel like Feliciano and Dawkins did what you got to do. If it's a tight game, no, you got to keep your you got to keep your shit together. But I love that they wanted to protect Josh Allen. I, I, I think that that's great. It shows how much respect they have for the guy. They, they want to take care of him. They want to protect him. They, they want to do right by the leader of that team. And, you know, I, I posted it on Twitter. Josh Allen going to every single dude on the offense at the end of the game, hugging them. He hugged every single guy on the offense. That's a leader right there. And that's going to carry over. And he's going to have not just the offensive lineman, but everybody on that team wants to fight with him, beside him, and for him. And that's, it's just so nice to have a quarterback like that, isn't it? I mean, we went so many years with guys lining up behind center that were just laughable. And here is a, a legitimate NFL quarterback who's on his way to become a superstar. And he's ours, man. He's ours. <laughs> and he's going to find up. He's probably going to wind up finishing third for the MVP. And so in the post game, when he talks about, hey, I got to play better. Hey, we'll be back next year. I believe him. Most guys, I, if he was just any, he was just a guy and wasn't that good. I was like, yeah, man, whatever. Like, show me. You know what I'm saying? But Josh Allen, man, he got me to a place where I believe him. Because of the year he had. I, I have no doubt in my mind, along with Brian Dable coming back, uh, we might lose Ken Dorsey, the quarterback coach. I'm hearing that he might go to Seattle as OC. But right. um, I feel like he's going to get better, man, with his offseason work. And he just he seems like he's all about football. And I love that. He's a leader. Guys rally around him. And it just didn't work out yesterday, which is fine. He's young. So I have faith that he'll do that. Me too, man. And I also have faith in the front office. They've got a ton of talent in the front office at, uh, you know, they're, they're really good at uncovering good players who can contribute. They've built a good team in a very short time frame, And the coaches took those ingredients, did some great things this season. And honestly, as a Bills fan, I'm ecstatic. I could not have had more fun going through this season and and really doing this podcast with you doing this every week has been an absolute blast and i'm i'm so glad we were able to get the show off the ground and this started up back in late july can you believe that i know right but it time flies when you're having fun man and it's been a wonderful whirlwind season i got a it question for a you great one yeah what i got a question if you who do you think feels worse today, Green Bay or Buffalo? Uh, <laughs> I, I think probably Buffalo because they got their asses handed to them. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't see that coming. I say the, yeah. I say the Packers because you were a one seed. You was playing at home and you lost to – a Tampa Bay team that was what fourth or fifth seed, I think, mm-hmm. at home, and so and you have the MVP at quarterback. Or Aaron Rodgers is probably gonna win MVP. I, if I'm a Packers fan, I feel I feel like everybody thought Kansas City was gonna win. There's no shame in losing to the Super Bowl champ, but now you just added to the lore of Tom Brady. So I, I think Aaron Rodgers. And not, and I don't know if you saw him in the interviews afterwards, but he was like, he don't know if he's coming back to Green Bay. So now right. he's, he's pissed off because you used the first-round pick on his replacement instead of giving him some weapons. So now he's an MVP, threw for a ton of yards and a ton of touchdowns. How you know he don't ask for a trade? Yeah, boy, what, <laughs> what kind of compensation could you get trading Aaron Rodgers? Wow. Multiple, it, you know, multiple Green Bay did that. They could set themselves up for like the next five years. Yeah, multiple first round picks for him, even at his age now. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, three, three picks. Yeah, three, three first rounders, easy, easy for a team that's yeah. contending. Because there's a lot of teams that's right there. They just need a quarterback. 
Chicago, uh, New Orleans. I mean, there's a lot of teams that could use a trigger man. Maybe you bring them to Houston. I don't know. San Francisco. San Fran. Yeah. Yeah. Philly. Yeah. The Rams. Uh, Denver. Yeah. I mean, th- this is going to be an intriguing offseason when it comes to quarterback movement. You typically don't get that. You had a lot last season when you had uh, Philip Rivers going to the Colts, and it, it was an unusual offseason when it came to quarterback movement, but yeah, Colts are another one. Imagine yeah, the them. Colts, with I Rogers. forgot about the Colts, yo. Yeah. The Colts. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, I got one more question. Yeah. Who are you rooting for? Tampa Bay or Kansas City? Brady or Mahomes? I don't freaking care. Um, uh, Kansas City. <laughs> you can't find your way to root for Brady? No. I'm going to be rooting for Tampa Bay. Explain. It's very simple. If Mahomes win another one, now we're facing another dynasty where Brady, if he just wins one, I know it's going to be a one-off. Like Brady could win, Brady could win in two weeks, and I don't think he's gonna make it back again. So he's just submitting well, his legacy as the goat. Whatever, I can live with that. Okay, but the whole, already saying he's the greatest of all time, so it, it doesn't even matter, right? Right. So he's just he's just adding on to the lore of Tom Brady and all this stuff. Where is Mahomes win another one? Now that's the start of a dynasty that we're gonna have to deal with again. So we waited 20 years to get rid of Brady, but now this might be the beginning of another Brady, and I don't want to see that. So I can live with Tom Brady winning another one. I don't want to see Kansas City win another one. You know, Tom Brady also lost Super Bowls. So does it even matter if the Chiefs lose this one? Is there any doubt that they're going to be in the Super Bowl regularly going forward? Perhaps, but I don't want to give them the confidence. If we're going to have to contend with them, because think about it. All right, if you win two, okay, what if we come, we play you next year? If you lose this year, we play you next year, and then we get past you. Let's say we win one. So Josh Allen got one. Mahomes got one. But if he get two, now we still climbing the, you know, the ladder trying to get to where Mahomes is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my rationale, though. I get it. I mean, I know a lot of people – I know a lot of people can't find a way to root for Tampa, and I get it. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about how this affects Buffalo, not just my hatred for what Tom Brady is. I mean, you know, if Tampa wins this, there's a good chance Brady will retire and just be like, hey, you know what? This is this is how I want to go out. What, what A championship without Belichick, I've cemented my legacy I'm retiring, and then we don't have to deal with TB12 anymore. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. That's the way I'm looking at it. So I'll be rooting for Tampa, even though I know Kansas City is favored and they're probably going to win. But I'll be rooting for Tampa because of that reason. I I don't I don't have a strong feeling. You know, if it's – I've always said that I hate 31 teams. So. Mm. <laughs> but I just think it's incredible – that everybody who was New England fans, now they wearing Tampa Bay jerseys. I, I just think that's incredible. You know, but I I don't know. I just I can't imagine myself following a guy. Like I I have a lot of friends that are LeBron James fans. So yeah. one year they're wearing Cleveland jerseys, then they're wearing Miami jerseys, now they're wearing Laker jerseys. Like that's that's weird to me. And the NBA is a little different that way though. It's very much star, a star driven sport. It is. But you still need to have your team and loyalty, don't you think? I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I I just think I don't know. That's I don't know. I, I guess I look for that from, and I guess I don't know. I just I have my teams, and you know where I stand. So I just I yeah, sure do. You know, so you are one hell of a loyal follower of your teams. Uh, do you have other aspects in your life where you're as loyal as you are to your sports teams? My family. Well, that's a given, but I, I, I mean, are, do you have brand loyalty to like yeah. Coke or Pepsi? Yes. Or Yes, I do. I do have, bra- yes, that's an interesting question. I do have brand loyalty more than most. Um, uh, not, 
not as far as food's probably concerned. I pretty much eat anything. That's why I guess I'm 400 pounds. But more clothing, <laughs> I wear a lot of Nike gear and Jordan gear. I don't. Got it. I don't think I've, I. I got a couple of Under Armour polos that were maybe given to me. But yeah, if I'm buying something, it's usually going to be Ralph Lauren polo, Nike or Jordan gear. Now, outside of the brands, um, do you have other things like, like you only wear Bermuda shorts? Like you're you will not wear shorts unless they stop four inches above your knee or something like weird like that. <laughs> four inches <laughs> above my knee or below my knee? <laughs> I ain't wearing no shorts four inches. No, nah, that's too much meat hanging out. No, nah. too much nah. meat. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. Get out there out there. with your little uh, Richard Simmons shorts. Yeah, no, that's what the young kids wear. They wear the short shorts. No, all my all my shorts go to my knees, covered at least covered my knees. So. <laughs> and by the way, something I wanted to point out from a long time ago, you referred to your son Jalen as Big Jalen. He's how old? He's ten. He'll be eleven next month. Okay. And you're calling him Big Jalen? Yeah, Big Fella. I call him Big Fella. Big Fella. Big Fella, yeah. yeah. And your father called you Big Newt. Yeah, yeah, Big Newt. What's up, Big Newt? Yeah. And he Newton too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to call Jalen Big Jalen a Big Fella, man. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's cool. Yep. Well, man... Great season. I can't wait to uh, to start talking about the offseason uh, because, you know, the offseason is a hell of a lot of fun in and of itself. I Coming up to the draft, free agency, all that stuff. Uh, we got good stuff that lies ahead, man. And we're looking at a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl. And what are they going to do this offseason to improve? It's going to be a fun freaking ride in 2021. And hopefully, man, in the fall of 2021, we can all get vaccinated and COVID will be gone and we can be back in the stands, man. So we're looking forward to it. We, we're going to be coming to you bi-weekly um, after today. So you won't hear our lovely voices on the podcast every week. It'll just be every other week. So we'll have a lot of good contact. So thank you for everybody for making this year one wonderful and memorable and fun and putting a bright spot on the year 2020 going to 2021 in the worst year known to man we had an awesome buffalo bill season so i'm jamie d'amico he's big chris newton and we're gonna leave you the way we always leave you the big man big newt gives us a song Shout out to the River Fish, man. Always hitting us up on Twitter, man. Love the dialogue. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go, Buffalo. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.